Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the corn patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Now let me say that again. We prophets and prophecy. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3. I want, I want you to look with me in, in, the ver, in verse 13. Okay? Every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You know what that just simply means? Because it's going to be revealed by fire, it's going to show what work it, it's going to mean whether that work that you did was of God, whether that work you did was, bless God, uh, of familiar spirits. God is going to require. See, the, the, I, again, I don't think that any of us have any idea in the world what the judgment of God is all about. I mean, I think it's easy to understand what those people that have never received that... But what I don't understand is why the believers on this earth can't understand that we are going to have to give account. Now, we talked about the fact that we were going to be either justified or condemned by every word, every idle word that comes out of our mouth, we're going to be judged by. And we're going to be justified, we're going to be condemned by those words that we speak. And we find out here that every work is going to be tried by fire to see if, in fact, that it will stand. And that's where, again, my concern, and my concern has been this weekend, is to be able to educate you in God's Word, bring education to you, where you can, where you can get into this thing and you can understand that, bless God, that not everything that is prophesied in the name of the Lord is, in fact, by the Spirit of God. And if we can accomplish that, and I believe we're going to get it accomplished, then I'm going to tell you something. We've had a, we've had a great weekend. Amen? A great weekend. Let's let's go. Let's go to Exodus, Exodus, the twentieth chapter of Exodus, and we're going to look into, if you will, into the seventh verse. Now these we call the Ten Commandments. All right, and of course now you know uh, the thing again I love about the church is that we've been redeemed by the uh, you know we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, so we don't have to keep the law anymore. So says the church. And at the same time, we want the Ten Commandments to stay in the courthouses. That's the church. Now, church, we, you can't have it both ways. Uh, the law is the law. This is the law. This was the Ten Commandments given by God unto Moses. All right? Now, listen. In that seventh verse, it just simply says this, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not, will not hold him guiltless, that taketh his name in vain. That is as strong and as strongly spoken as, as anything that you and I can imagine. Now, I, I, I want to, and I think I've said before, and I don't think to this audience here this is going to be any great revelation. The problem gets to be in is that the church doesn't understand, for the most part, what it means to take the Lord's name in vain. And very, very, very uh, simply, it means this that you don't say that God, put God's name on something and blame things on God when it's not God. That's what he's saying here. 
In other words, you don't stand up and say, well, God told me to tell you. And how much of that do we hear? Stop and think about that. How many times have, have we heard people stop and say, now, God's telling me to tell you this. You know what you're doing? If that's of God, you're okay. The problem is it's not all of God. The problem is that, bless God, most of that kind of stuff is no more than, bless God, a familiar spirit trying to get you in a heap of trouble with God. And that's what it amounts to. So, as we, begin to, as we begin to realize then that God's got rules, He said He'll not hold you guiltless. In other words, if you're going to start saying God said something that God didn't say, He said, I'm, I'm not going to hold you guiltless about this. In other words, you're going to be punished for this thing. Now, let's go over into, if you will, the book, the book of Leviticus, the 19th chapter. Leviticus 19. And in, in the 31st verse... And here again, and we, we read something similar to this before, but I want to go back in and, 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 and the 31st verse of the 19th chapter of Leviticus. It says, Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord thy God. Now, the difference here and the thing that I want you to get a hold of is neither, 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 uh, no, I'm sorry, to be defiled by them, neither seek after wizards, Familiar people that have familiar spirits, because what? You will be defiled by them. Now, let's, let's look for just a moment at the word defile or defilement. Any time that you do something contrary to God's Word against what God has said to do and not to do. See, the Old Testament is full of do's and do nots. And if you can look at it like that, you probably are going to, are going to ha find something of great price. That what God did, He spent a lot of time telling them, you can do this, but you can't do that. Now, now, now what we got into is that it seemed to get so complicated in all those laws, and you start reading back through Leviticus and through Deuteronomy, and, and all of a sudden in Exodus, you just get to go, your head starts spinning and say, man alive, how could anybody keep all those laws? Well, you can't. All right? Now, 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 when you get down to all those things that were the statutes and the judgments, you understand that because the temple was in place, there was a lot of those laws that were used into the temple and into that time. But what you need to understand is the thing that I teach on, on, on the transition is the things that you have to pay, particularly pay attention to is what the Lord said and at the end of what He said, I am the Lord thy God, which we have taught you. And by, by going back through the translation of understanding that that just simply means that, that, that I am the Lord thy God, that that is His holy seal when He says, I am the Lord thy God and it is eternal. So when he said to keep the Sabbath, I am the Lord thy God, what does that mean? You will keep it. And when and Constantine's mama comes along and changes the Sabbath, you better not change it. Now, I hope at this point in time in all this that you're able to begin to realize why the church has failed and failed so sadly. Because what we have done, we have taken the do's and the do-nots, and we just decided to just eliminate all of that and then we would get ourselves, what, wrapped up into, uh, into, into, into Jesus, and we don't have to worry about that. And then a guy like me comes along that's a Jew, and I begin to say, well, look, how come the Jews are the healthy 
and the wealthiest people in the world, and they don't got Jesus. Okay, and then, then the church looks at you and says, well, I don't know. Well, then, you know, I'm one of these kind of people that, bless God, I want to find out. And so, and so then, I, then somebody like me comes along, and, and you know, we begin to say, that, say to, the, to the church, well, look, you know, where did all this come from? The church says, I don't know. I said, well, let me go find out. And so I go find out. I come back and return to report to the church. And you know what the church says? Ah, ah, that don't mean nothing. We're New Testament saints. We don't even need the Old Testament. How many people realize that there are, there are organizations today there are in this world that don't even use the Old Testament, the Tanakh? Don't even use it. All they use is the New Testament. Why? Because we're New Testament saints. We, you know, we, we brother, we're, we're, we're blessed God of the new covenant. And no, you're not. And we proved that to you by Scripture a long, long time ago. And again, if you need to do that, you need to pay particular attention and study the tapes on the transition and begin to realize what it is that God is truly trying to do. Now, let me tell you why God made the laws. God made the law so that we would keep ourselves rightly related first to Him, and then unto what? Our fellow brothers and sisters, or to mankind. That's what the, the law was all about, so we'd have some reason to go. If there wasn't the law, now listen closely to me, if there wasn't the law of God, then we could go out here and we could steal, we could murder, commit adultery, we could do all that, those things the Ten Commandments tells us not to do. We could go out there and do them and, be, and, not, and not have any, have any sin laid against us for it. But what God did was, God realized, realized something very important, that, that we needed a way to be guided on this earth. Now, those are moral laws, all right? That God has set moral laws for us to understand. Don't do this and don't do that. Now, the, 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 the church cringes. Now, the, the church people that can get around and begin to understand that we're to keep the feast, we're to keep Sabbath, we're to keep new moon, because they are eternal, bless God, eternally given to us by the Lord our God, Yahweh. And, and, and bless God, and then, then, then where the church then, if they get to the place they can receive that, then you say, keep the kosher laws ago. Oh, that's it. That's where we're drawing the line. I like my pork and I like my catfish. Come on. And I'm saying, God didn't make those rules because He wants to be mean to you and keep you from eating those things, God made those rules so you could live and be healthy. That's all those kosher laws are, is for you to be healthy, you to live longer, that you don't have all this cancer and all this junk. Pork will bring cancer into your life. Catfish will bring cancer into your life. The, the seafood stuff will bring cancer into your life. Now, why go through that when God... And you know where we really get to with this thing? We get to believing that we know more than God knows. And what's even worse, we get to blame it on God by simply saying, well, you know, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm a Christian, so, you know, I mean, God will protect me. How many heard that one? And furthermore, how many of us have used that one through the years? See, I got my hand up. And the fact of it is, that isn't the way that it works because, again, God has rules. And within these rules, and that, and that pertains to what we're doing here this weekend, because you've got to understand something, there are rules with God that if, in fact, you're going to use His name, if you're going to use His name and blame this onto Him and use it in vain by, by simply being the fact 
of saying God said and He didn't say, you're going to be punished. There is a punishment that goes with that. Now, I want everyone in this room to take just, just one quick moment and think when the last time was you told somebody that God told me to tell you this, or God said this for you. And there's a number of you in this room that can don't have to look very far, and you know they did it. Now, that's fine if that's what God said, okay? But if that isn't what God said, then you know what? Then the red light needs to go off. The, the penalty light needs to go up and go, Whoa, penalty, penalty. You're going to have to now pay the penalty. You're going to have to now pay the price because you have sinned. Now, those laws that God gave us was to be able to, to guide us on this earth. Now, 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 again, I've said over and over again, the problem with what Yeshua did when He came was that the church sadly has mistaken all of that. And what we have done is we have decided, we have decided that, bless God, that His coming and the shedding of His blood took care of everything that there is on this earth, including demons and, and, and everything, just cover it with the blood of Jesus. And I have said over, and I'm, 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 again, I've got so many things I want to teach, it isn't even funny, but I want God to turn me loose and let me teach you about the blood. That blood didn't do, it, it didn't do anything more than, which was everything, except to cleanse you, to give you eternal life. When you start blading the blood of Jesus over demons, you're not, you know, I got firsthand stories about how I learned all that years ago before I ever got in the ministry. I watch guys try to plead the blood of Jesus, and I watch them demons reach up and smack them in the mouth. Now, if it worked, what went wrong there? Okay? And I saw it more than just once or twice. The blood was shed for eternal life for you. That was it. That was it. So if that's the case, and it is the case, then we still need to have some way to be guided and to live by on this earth. That's what the law was all about. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the authority of the name of His Holy Son, Yeshua, then we are now what? We are now walking, if you will, in some pretty tall cotton. But again, the church mistook all of that. We got ourselves all turned around, got everything bum-fangled the other direction. And then we got to the place where we didn't want anything to do with the Old Testament. That's when I begin to say, well, evidently what you believe happened was you believe that the father retired and the son took over the business. And that's not what happened at all. And if you go back and study the Scriptures, you'll find out that, bless God, that, that, that the Lord God, it's never changed. It never, when Jesus came, Yeshua came, He did not change the order of anything. All He did was come and do what the law could not provide. The law could not get you to heaven. So he sent his son, and now we have eternal life. Now, you don't need that ticket to get you into heaven, which is the shedding of his blood, for eternal life until you give up the ghost. My question has always been to the church, what are you going to do until that time comes? And that's, what, and that's part of what we're here about tonight, is understanding that there's rules, and we're going to have to keep what? We're going to have to keep the rules. Let's go to Leviticus, the 20th chapter. The sixth verse. And the soul that turneth after such as familiar spirits and after wizards to go a whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Now listen to this. He said, That soul that turneth after such as a familiar spirit. 
or familiar spirits, and after wizards to go whoring after them. He said, I'll even set my face against that soul and I'll cut him off off from among his people. Do you know what that simply means? That God says, I'm just going to put them to death. We're not going to have this going on. We're not going to, this isn't going to happen. Because why? God knew, God knew that, bless God, that, 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 that we, because we have built into us, because we are first spirit, okay, we are first made spirit, living in these earthen vessels that we call bodies, that we have a great urgency inside of ourselves to contact our God. And what happens is that when people can't find that, 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 that the contact between the living God, then they begin to do what? Because there's that need to reach over into that world called the supernatural world that the Bible teaches is the real world. And there's a need for us to reach over into that world. So what do we do? We ended up, bless God, if we're not careful, letting a familiar spirit come in and work. And then we become what? We become an abomination. You, we don't want to be become, we don't want to become abominations. Now, in, in that same verse, I'm not saying the next verse, the seventh verse, it says, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy. In other words, God is saying, get away from all that junk. Sanct, be ye holy. He said, I'm a holy God. See, again, it goes back to the thing. What we're trying to do is we're trying desperately to get you cleaned up enough that you can come before the Lord God and you can petition Him through His Holy Son, Yeshua, and you can begin to receive the blessings that the Father has for us. That's all that's happened. That's how simple, in a nutshell, all this is. That we need to get into those areas and understand if we're not being blessed, we need to find out why. In fact, we need to go past that. We need to demand why. I can't tell you how many times that I have gone before God, I've got out in the front yard where I live, live and literally screamed at God and said, God, I'm doing everything that there is. I'm keeping the commandments. I'm taking care of the things that you said and the testimony of your Holy Son. And Lord God, I demand through the name of His name, the Holy Son, Yeshua, that this and this and this come to pass. People say, you got the nerve or the audacity to talk to God like that? You bet I do. When I fulfill my end of the contract, then He has to fulfill His end of the contract. Do you understand what I'm saying? He has to. There isn't any voting. There isn't no pre-adventure. I get around to it next week. He has to do what He said that He would do. And what did he say? If you will keep my rules, my commandments, and do what I tell you to do, I'm going to bless you. If you don't, you're going to walk in a curse. It's just that simple. Now, if I have examined myself, as I said earlier, the thing you need to do every day, and I don't do it every day, but at least you ought to think about doing it every day, is to cry out and say, God, examine my heart, show me my heart, what is wrong? Is there any sin within me? And as I said, when you pray, every time you pray, you need to say, Father, forgive me for the sins that I've committed knowingly against your holy word and the sins that I've sinned unknowingly against your holy word. And wash those sins away through the blood and the name of your holy son, Yeshua. Now, you have cleansed yourself. You have, you have cleansed yourself. Now, as I said, with curses, that can be a different story. 
All right? That cleansing may not get... The curses have to be dealt with, and they have to be dealt with individually, straight up and straight on. And we're going to do that this evening. We're going to deal, we're going to deal with curses and things that have come in your life, some things that I have mentioned to you, and bless God, some things that maybe God will reveal to me. But anyway, however that comes, it'll be fine, and we'll, we're going to deal with it. Why? Because the process is bringing you out of the place where you're cursed into the place where you're being blessed. And it's just that simple. Now, you have a spouse, whether it be the husband or the wife, and, 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 and you know the bad thing about it, you're all sitting here, and a lot of you with your spouses, right? And so you're hearing one of them saying, now God said this and God said that, and your life has been a kind of a dingy brown color and finances haven't been like they should be, the blessings aren't flying like they wouldn't be, and right about this time you're going, mm-hmm, yeah, boy, mm-hmm, yeah, boy, you're the problem. Huh? Some of us know exactly what I'm talking about out here, all right? Some of you realize... And you're beginning to say, oh, oh. Now, not necessarily so. There again, folks, so some, of you, some of you folks out here are, are doing things right. And some of you may not be doing things right. I, again, I'm not here to judge whether you are or you're not. What I'm trying to do is to get you to open up and begin to receive the fact that if I'm not walking in the blessings, then let's try to go back and find out what's going on. Let's just try to do that. Let's just try to just begin to say, okay, what if, in fact, I'm the one that's always shooting my mouth off saying, God said this and God said that, and if God didn't say that, then where am I at? You're cursed. And it's, all, it's just that simple. It doesn't, you don't have to get into a long rigmarole of this, that, or anything else. You understand that what you're doing, and every time you do that, you are cursing yourself and you're cursing your family. Now, how long is that going to go? Now, I can tell you how to stop it, okay? I can, I can give you a, a, a good idea how to do that. You, you can buy a whole roll of that gray duct tape, huh, at Lowe's Lumber Yards or anywhere else that would sell that. Walmart would sell that. And you can take some of that. And you can take it and, and, and tear off a piece that just fits from right here over to here. Now, for us that have beards or mustaches, that's going to be a little tough when it comes off. I realize that. But let me tell you something. That will shut that off. And you say, well, I don't know whether that's a problem. Duct tape their mouth and find out. They said, oh, my Lord, what would it be like going around with a piece of duct tape on my mouth? Here's an old boy can tell you how you feel. I made my mind up. I was keeping score when I was very young in the Lord and hadn't long since had never uh, even donned the, the bema, the, the, the pulpit. And, and, and anyway, I, wanted to, I couldn't seem to keep my mouth shut because what I was working on and what God had me working on at that point in my life was to shut my mouth up from speaking doubt and unbelief. Because it always seemed like that every time that I started talking, the conversation with me got around to doubt and unbelief. Now, the Bible is very, very explicit about how that we, we're not to be talking doubt and unbelief. So I couldn't seem to do it. So what I did was I got myself one of those little uh, binder folders about like that. And you've seen them. They're about that wide. They'd go in your pocket. And I got me one of them. And every time that I spoke doubt and unbelief, I just put a mark down. 
Every time I spoke faith on the other side of the page, I put a, I put a, I put a mark down. Now, at the end of the day, I had more written down, written down at the end of the day on the doubt and unbelief side than I did on the faith side, and it went on for weeks like that, and I kept scoring. I, I, I tallied all that up, and I thought, dear God in heaven, I'm never going to get this thing right. And all of a sudden, I, I said, you know how I'm going to solve that? I'm going to go get me some duct tape. I'm going to make one 24-hour period of my life that when I stand before God, that I can at least say I made one, 20, one full day without speaking doubt and unbelief. At least I can say that. So I know about duct tape, all right? Now, it looked funny going at the grocery store. It looked a little funny driving down the road. But the fact of the matter is, I was determined that I was going to make one day without speaking any doubt and unbelief. Some of you might need to tape your mouths to say, I'm going to make one day that I don't say God said and God told me. When you get around people and that's the conversation that gets into that, sooner or later you're going to play right into the hands of the devil. That familiar spirit's going to come along and feed you something. You're going to run your mouth off and bingo, we're cursed again. And we're walking in that curse. See, <clears throat> there, there, isn't any, there isn't any great secrets to this thing. I've had to tell a number of ministries, a number of ministries throughout the years, that bless God that this is what their problem is. They won't keep their mouth shut. You don't, again, God is not going to tell you about somebody else's life. What God is going to do is clean your life up. All right? And that's where this thing lies. This thing, this thing has not got anything to do with somebody sitting next to you. It's got everything to do with you. And if you're going to receive that like that, and bless God and hear God say, Thus saith the Lord God, clean up your act, then you're, you're right on, on target. Because the first thing that's got to happen in your life is God has got to do what? He's got to get you cleaned up so you can be holy because He said, I'm holy. All right? That, again, is the biggest culprit of keeping people from working miracles, keeping people from, from seeing the gifts of healing in operation, is because, bless God, that they don't, they're walking in areas that they've been cursed. They can't come out of it. And, and I can't say enough, again, over and over again, about just shut your mouth. Just try to shut your mouth and quit every time you open it, blaming everything on God. And hoping that it's not God that you're hoping that it is God that's speaking out of you. Just just stop for a while and and now listen. Just stop for a while and see if things don't get better in a month or so. Well, that got quiet. Well, I wouldn't have much to do, Brother Deckard, if I didn't start telling people what God said. Yeah, you may find out things might work out a whole lot better for you if, if bless God, that you just come and got yourself in a position where. You didn't, all right, shoot your mouth off. Let's go, let's go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 13. So, and again, I know I'm pounding hard on this, folks, but it's got to be pounded hard on. It, it, We've we got we to gotta somehow shake you out into these areas and get you into the position of understanding what God is doing. Now, uh, chapter 13, Deuteronomy, all right? Deuteronomy 13, first verse. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. 
Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. <clears throat> now, this is very important. So what is God really doing when a prophet, a dreamer of dreams, okay, or a dreamer of dreams that giveth thee a sign or a wonder? All right? Now, what did we have the guy? What was the guy? He said he wasn't a prophet, but he was a dreamer of dreams, right? That's what the guy said. Now, what is it, what, now, now, notice what he's saying here because it's, it's really uh, uh, paramount uh, for you to understand. He said, uh, anybody, anytime you get into those things, you've got to understand that this Lord and God that we serve. He said, and if that sign or that wonder, uh, that wonder come to pass, uh, bless God, and say unto thee, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve him. Thou shalt not hearken to the words of that prophet, nor the dreamer of dreams, for the Lord thy God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Now, even if that comes to pass, and it happens to be a prophet or a dreamer that is doing what? That is speaking contrary to God's word. That's what that means. He said, you, you, what are you supposed to do? He said, the Lord is trying to prove whether you love him or you love that. Now, now, the seriousness of this is, is really, really kind of cool in itself because what God is trying to do is He's saying, I have told you right from wrong, boys and girls. Now, let's just see here, and we're going to prove whether you know right from wrong because this prophet, this dreamer of dreams, this seer, whatever he might be, is going to give you a sign. And if that sign draws you away, okay, if that takes you away from the things of, 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 my, of me, the things that I've commanded you, he said, you've got to understand something, and you begin to serve that. He said, you're going to be in a heap of trouble. Now, he goes on to say in the fourth verse, he says, Ye shall, ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and, and keep His commandments and obey His voice, and ye shall serve Him and cleave unto Him. Now, there's the commandment. We're only to walk after the Lord your God. How do you walk after Him? Simply obey the Word. See, people all the time come to me and said, I need a Word of God. I said, then look it up in the Bible. That's full of the Word of God. Okay? Look it up in the Bible. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, the fifth verse, shall be put to death, uh-oh, because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in, so shall thou put the evil way from the midst of thee. So he said, put him to death. Put him to death. Why? Because you see, God didn't want that to contaminate everybody else. And he knew that that would contaminate everybody else. And, and, and it's important to grab on and understand that, bless God, with God, God means business. So what he's saying here, he's warning us. He's saying, listen, you keep my commandments and obey, obey my voice and serve me and, and cleave unto me. That's the reason I said if you'll, if you'll use and if you'll take just a little of this, I think, and begin to apply it and understand if it's not in the book, don't believe it. When start, people start prophesying stuff that's not in the book, don't believe it. If people prophesy things like the guy in Oregon does, then what you need to do before you, before you even read the prophecy, okay, if somebody sends you prophecy and before you even start to read that thing, 
unless you're set where you God's told you you're a major prophet to judge that stuff, then, then bless God, what you need to do is email them back or call them and to go through, go through it. Give me a sign. How many days did you fast and pray for this? And then give me a sign. I did that. I said it backwards. But ask them how long they fasted and prayed before they gave that. Then you give me a sign that you're a prophet or a dreamer of dreams. Give me a sign. If they can't give you the sign, thank you. Put the phone down. Delete the prophecy. That's the end of the story. You have now saved yourself from doing what? Of entering into the same sin that that person has committed. Now let's go, let's go to, let's go to Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy 18. And over here, in the 15th verse, it simply says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, Unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that the Lord desireth of the Lord thy God, uh, in, in Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fear, or fire I'm sorry, any more that I may die. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise up a prophet, from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak unto my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other, of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou shalt say in thy heart, How shall we know the word, for, a word which the Lord has, has not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. In other words, don't see, we're told to fear the prophets. There's only two things in the Bible we're told to fear. We're told to fear God. We're told to fear the prophets. And that's it. He said, don't fear that prophet because he said, number one, he's going to be, he's going to be what? He's going to be put to death. He's going to die. He said, he will die. Now, we're, 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 we, we have to realize, and now let's stop for a minute. And, and Well, because we're under grace, do you have to die? That's good. That's, good. That, that's a fair question. I'm glad I asked that. The fact of it is, you've got to understand that these curses that were put there, that they took them without the camp and they killed them. That was the end of it. If you were going to shoot your mouth off, why? Because God knew how important it was for the people to get on track and to stay on track. It's just that simple. Get them on track, keep them going on the right direction, and if some knothead comes out here and starts saying, Oh, thus saith the mouth of God, we're to do this or we're to do that. He said, just don't believe all that junk because they're going to die. There's no sense you dying with them. Just, just they're going to die. Now, what happens to us today because of grace, and again, that door, as I told you, is either shut or it's closing, then we are now in a, in a, in a, a precarious position at best. And what we're faced with is the fact that that curse is still a curse. Now, that's not changed one bit. Now, what is changed is you are not going to be taken out back and sown to death. But now listen to this. You very well 
could suffer in their finances, in your health, in your relationships, in your family, and everything else because you have now been cursed with a curse. You cursed yourself. Now, uh, again, we're going to deal with these in a few minutes. And what I want you to begin to understand is that most of you out here have, are ignorant of what has been taught here this weekend. And because of your ignorance, God is going to do what? God is going to break, let me break the curse and going to set you free. Somebody better say amen. amen. And now then we're going to start all over. How many likes this thing with God where you clean up the slate and you start all over? I love that part. Oh, I'm for that part. So then we're going to have to then enter in, and now we're going to have to start with a clean slate, and then we're going to have to start with an understanding that now we know the truth. And now that we know the truth, folks, this thing cannot continue, and the next time it just bring us broken because I was stupid, didn't understand. Next time you're going to wear it. That's, that, that's the danger of being, uh, see, the truth will, it'll make you free. And as we bring truth to you and you begin to study this thing, and I, and, and I can just tell you, don't please, don't go out of this room believing that you've understood everything I've done here this weekend. You're going to have to get these CDs. You're going to have to study these things. And I don't mean, you know, people get them and then they listen to them going down the road in the car. When I talk about studying, I mean sit down, take a pencil, a piece of paper, write down the Scriptures, write down what's being said, then begin to add the things that you've got your thoughts to those things and even further study into those things. That's what studying under a prophet is all about. It means to study. It doesn't mean to listen. Your retention span is just about that long anyway. For all you brilliant minds that are sitting out there uh, that think that, well, I don't need to take notes and I'll just get all this that I need, baloney. You're wasting your time, and it could be wasting mine too. You can't do it that way. That's the reason. See, that's the reason that, bless God, that we're ignorant. Is because we don't study to show ourselves approved. What we do is sit around and listen and think we're so smart that you can take this in. I'm going to tell you something. I've done enough here this weekend. You couldn't study this thing. You couldn't play these things ten times and get everything out of it you need. And if you'll play them again the month after that, you'll get more stuff out of it. Why? Because revelation knowledge is wrapped up into this, which just simply means that God will lay it out there as you have need of it. So please understand. See, I, I think we need to have a course... I think we need to have some kind of a, an understanding when people come and just sit at the feet of this prophet that you understand something. I know more than you know, or I would be out there and one of you would be up here. That's number one. Number two is, I'm going to give you enough depth of this thing that, bless God, when it's all over, you're either going to choke on it or you're going to get it right. That's number two. Number three, if you're not willing to study and put time into this thing, you might as well have went fishing this weekend. Maybe you would have caught a kosher fish. Huh? To have eaten. Amen and amen. But what we want you to do, we want you to study. You've got to study. You've got to study. You've got to study. Dear God in heaven, this thing isn't set up. And, and I, you know, and I, I don't know how it works. I, 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 for years, I wonder, how does all this work with these people? We get people all the time that bless God that, well, you know what? And then, then they start asking these questions. You know what you're going to do with me? If you ask me, you know what you're going to hear me say? Did you study the tapes? 
Well, I listened to him, Brother Decker, when we were going down there. No, 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 no. I didn't say listen. I said study. Have you studied my tapes? Because I'm going to tell you something about a hard-nosed prophet, and you might as well understand it. We're going to do this one time, and it's not going to be twice, and it's not going to be ten more. I expect you to know what I'm teaching you. And if you can't learn what I'm teaching you, then I've got news for you. Sooner or later, this thing's going to run over you like a Mack truck. And don't you come squealing like some pig to me and want me to bless God to, to do whatever I can do to save you, because I'm not going to do it. There's dangers, and there are real dangers about sitting under real prophets. We are going to feed you until you grow up. And you will either grow up or you will run out of here and call me the devil, and that'll be the end of that. And for my part of it, it don't make me a bit of difference which it is. Now that we have, uh, now we, that, now that we have eliminated and understood that these prophets that speak in the name of the Lord, and it says if it doesn't follow, I'm in 22 again, if it doesn't follow, if it follow not, nor come to pass, that, that is, you know, that is the thing that the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. He just, you know, he just, bless God, he's blowing his mouth off. He said, you don't have to be afraid of him. He said, just don't, don't worry about being afraid of him. And I, I always kind of think that's, that, that's kind of neat. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website www.jewishprophet.com and you can find out again all this material that you're hearing taught every day every week folks you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life you know what you can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com we'll be praying for your prayer request shalom until tomorrow and remember, with God, all things are possible. Zayim elech, Zayim elech, Shemun ikrach.